0: Listener supported.
1: WNYC Studios.
2: This episode of Nancy contains spoilers.
1: Okay, but also, the show we're going to talk about has been off the air forever. It's available everywhere. Come on, people. Get on board.
3: From WNYC Studios, this is Nancy. With your hosts, Tobin Lowe and Kathy Tooth.
2: Tobin. Yes, Kathy. I've told you before about how I sometimes feel like I'm bad at being a queer lady.
1: Yes. Yes, you have talked about this.
2: So, like, when I came out in college, I, for some reason, did not do a deep dive into lesbian media. Like, I didn't listen to Ani DeFranco. Oh, but she's a classic. I didn't listen to Melissa Etheridge, and I only very recently watched... But I'm a cheerleader. Also a classic. Yeah, I know. I know. So now I just kind of feel like I'm always behind the lesbian learning curve. For example, and I hear about this all the time, I've never seen the L word. Girls in tight dresses who drag with mustaches. I am shocked. I'm appalled. I'm outraged. And you call yourself a lesbian? This is my friend Cassie, who I met at A Camp.
1: For the past couple weeks, every sentence starts with, my friend from A Camp, this one friend from A Camp.
2: But, Dovin, it was so much fun, an adult camp for queer women. Anyway,
1: Cassie had some feelings about the L word.
3: You mention the L word, you drop a casual bet or a tina into a sentence, and you've got hours and hours worth of chat. You need to just be part of that community and hate it. You need to love it and hate it. (laughs) But isn't The L Word
1: like an old show?
2: Um, kind of. It premiered in 2004 and aired for six seasons on Showtime.
1: Okay, so like old-ish.
2: Old-ish, yeah. So I posted on Twitter that I was considering watching the show, and instantly I heard from all these people. They were like, we'll be following along while you slowly descend into madness and self-loathing. And I'm sorry for what's about to happen to you. And on and on and on. And I was like, how much can you talk about The L Word? How long can people talk
4: about the L Word? I don't know. How much air is there to breathe and expel out of my lungs while making noise?
2: This is Cameron Esposito. She's a comedian and producer and actor and a huge L Word fan. She told me that even though this show is basically a soap opera and not even a great soap opera, it's the only show we've got.
4: So when this show came out... It was the first time that there could be multiple lesbians <laughs> in any scenario. So like even the idea that one could be an Alice versus a bet versus a Tina, that is bonkers. Like in any moment where there's a collection of, of lesbians, okay? That's just a breathtaking moment. It just hasn't happened very much.
2: Okay, so I hear Cassie, I hear Cameron. I am ready to feel what Twitter feels about this show. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch all of The L Word, all six seasons, all 63 hours.
1: Godspeed, Kathy. Godspeed.
2: So at the beginning of season one, you meet this group of beautiful lesbian friends living in L.A.,
3: You've got Alice, who is the token bisexual. Some of us have it worse, Dana, you know. Some of us are dating lesbian men. Bet the power lesbian. Why is it so important for you to believe that everyone is sleeping with everyone else? Her partner, Tina. So gay. Dana, the awkward but closeted athletic lesbian. Slander against cats, write that down. And Shane, the lesbian heartbreaker. Damn it. I hate being in the shit house. And then you've got Jenny, who is my personal favourite. I think she's psychotic.
2: What do I? People have described it as sex in the city if Carrie and Samantha slept together and then cheated on each other and then slept with either Miranda or whoever the last one is. And my first impression of the show there is so much sex.
5: When I got the show, I thought L stood for love. I didn't know what oh. L meant. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. and, um, <laughs> um, and my first day of filming, the AD was like, okay, Sarah, this is Kate, Kate, this is Sarah. And in this scene, Kate's going to be going down on you. <laughs> And I was like, holy shit. Like, what? (laughs) What did I sign up for? This
2: is Sarah Shahi. She played Carmen, who arrived in season two. By then, there had already been so much sex on this show, the writers had to get creative.
5: Mia and I had the scene where we're supposed to be, like, making out on a toilet. Oh. Post showering and either she pees on me or I piss on her and like and our piss is such it's so powerful it's such like a hard streamlined piss that it's supposed to give the other one like an orgasm it's supposed to like hit our clits and give us an orgasm
2: oh that's what was supposed to happen
5: yeah that's what that was exactly yeah (laughs) oh yeah oh those were good times the good old years
2: and part of what made it good was that the actors felt like they had input.
5: We would rewrite our scenes if we felt like they should go in another direction. We were we were changing up the lines. We would say, no, I'm not going to say that. Let's say this instead. Like, if we felt uncomfortable about a certain love scene, I got very spoiled on that show, and I thought every show was going to be like that. Sure enough, the next show I got was the opposite of that. You were not allowed to go outside the box, and it's kind of... It's been like that on a couple projects since. Um, so, like I said, you know, the award was truly special.
2: And the sexiest person on the show was Shane. Beautiful, hypnotic Shane. I mean, I didn't really feel this way, but basically everyone else did. I like a girl with ambition. Oh,
1: fuck you.
2: <laughs> okay. She wants. Cameron is a big fan of Shane. That character was like, on the prowl
4: and has realistic-looking sex with, like, actual choreography that one would do. Because the alternative is uh, what I call skydiving, which is when, like, two (laughs) women are on screen and their hands are totally in the air, but they're still having sex with each other. (laughs) But what Shane is doing is, like, real moves. (laughs) And um, just the idea that there could be, like, an aggressor and that that could be wanted...
2: Season 2 also begins the coupledom of my two favorite characters, Alice Piazeki and Dana Fairbanks. They're best friends and lovers, and they just have so much fun together. Oh, God, is that a periscope in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? Mm. Oh, oh, Captain, my Captain! Oh. Hey guys, it's time for dinner. What? But at the start of season three, Dana and Alice are no longer together. Dana gets back with her ex, which is just so uncalled for. And Alice starts obsessing over Dana and kind of, like, stalks her a little bit, which I can kind of understand.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you guys would be obsessing, too. Because our sex <laughs> was mind-blowingly, un-fuckingly unbelievable. <laughs> and it just kind of, you know, it makes you realize
2: that this person could be... The one great true love of your life. And just when you can't believe things can get any worse. ductal carcinoma.
1: Are you you sure?
2: Dana is diagnosed with breast cancer. So she pushes her girlfriend away and Alice steps up to take care of her.
1: Okay, so you're like really into this show at this point.
2: Tobin... I know people say this show is bad, but like, I am so in it right now. I don't care how bad it is. I love Alice and Dana so much. I can't believe this is happening. Dana can't die.
1: Well, so does she?
2: You'll find out after the break. Oh, damn it. (laughs) What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say the L word? Love. (laughs)
1: Log? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever watched the show The L Word?
4: It felt very like Hollywood and very like soap opera. But not bad, but it wasn't bad.
1: Lesbian. Very good, you pass.
4: (laughs) Nancy will be back in a minute.
1: Kathy, I want to tell you about one of my actual favorite podcasts, Las Culturistas.
2: You talk about that show all the time.
1: Yeah, it's like hanging out with your smartest, funnest, most pop culture savvy friends. It's hosted by Bowen Yang. You might know him from SNL or Nora from Queens. And Matt Rogers of Game Show and our cartoon president.
2: Love them.
1: Each week, they interview an amazing guest about the pop culture that shaped their life. And they do this hilarious thing where you can rant about a piece of culture that frustrates you. Mine would be speaking-only roles in musicals. (laughs) Okay.
2: Episodes are released every Wednesday. Listen and subscribe to Lost Culturistas on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And we're back. Where are we?
2: We're at the part where the writers of The L Word decide to stab me in the heart. (laughs) Because Dana is... I'm still here.
0: (laughs) I'll always be in your heart, Kathy. (laughs) Um (laughs) I'm Aaron Daniels. I played Dana on the L-word.
2: So were you heartbroken when Eileen Shakin, who created the show, decided to kill off your character? I mean, I just watched this, and this is, like, fresh wounds right now.
0: You know, yeah, of course. I was devastated, I mean, for a number of reasons. I was sad for Dana, of course, and, but I was also, frankly, really sad for myself for a number of reasons. I'd grown really attached to the character, but I'd also grown really attached to the cast, and I didn't understand why. But this was a story that Eileen wanted to tell, And she chose to—she has said to me many times since, you know, if I have one regret, it's probably killing Dana. And I was like, I might agree. I might second that. Did that make you feel better? You know— a little better. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, thanks. You know, but I guess because there were so many questions, like, why would you do that? Why would you kill off this character? Erin must be a, such a bitch. She must be a diva. <laughs> or what did she ask for? What did she, and it's like, no, it had nothing to do with that.
2: If Dana never died, what do you think she would be doing now?
0: I think that she would use her celebrity and she would be a spokesperson for breast cancer awareness. I think she probably would have been just as much of a disaster in her personal life. Um, (laughs) I do think she and Alice would have ended up together, though.
2: Oh, that's what I wanted to hear.
0: (laughs) I do. I really, really do. Because ultimately, isn't that what you want out of a partner as a best friend?
2: Season 4. This is when Jenny Schechter starts to go off the rails, and she becomes the most divisive character on the show. So, Jenny is a writer, and one of her short stories is picked up by a magazine. It's called Les Girls. But get this Les Girls is actually a shameless expose of all of her friends, with the names barely changed. So, Jenny is basically the show's hero and villain in one. She's like the piper
4: of this show. This is Cameron again. She's the Trojan horse that gets us into this community. The stuff that she had to carry, the stuff that 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 character had to carry, Mm -hmm. it gets like surreal. My point point
2: is Jenny was given a lot to carry. Okay. Like it was too much. Okay. So yeah, I don't think I'm team Jenny. At this point in the series, I am not team Jenny either. Let me tell you why. Jenny's story that I was talking about earlier becomes a book and then gets a bad review by a critic named Stacy Merkin. Fuck you,
4: Stacy Merkin!
2: Fuck you! And to get revenge, Jenny tries to get close to Stacy's girlfriend, who is a veterinarian. So Jenny adopts a dog from the shelter and brings the dog to the vet so that she would put the dog down.
3: This is the right thing to do. Are you sure? Are you sure he has to It's
2: her time to go. Poor Sounder. But to be fair, Sounder was a very old dog.
3: It's very easy to um, dislike Jenny because, of course, her actions are often reprehensible, especially... Is there a dog where you're at?
2: Yes. The dog just went down. Right. Right. Okay. this is Jenny herself, the actor, Mia Kirshner.
3: I mean, for me, I am like a passionate animal lover. And that was just very like, you know, I'm obsessed with my dog. And for me, this was something very difficult to do. But I think ultimately as a not to bring this down, but she's mentally ill. And that's that's a very real, very serious thing.
2: By season five, the show has become sort of a parody of itself. The plot twists are even more ridiculous. Everyone is cheating on each other, and there are problems showing through the cracks. Like, in five seasons, the spectrum of lesbians is still very narrow. And in terms of racial diversity... Where is this version of West Hollywood where there are so many white people? Once again, Cameron Esposito. And she says that's not all.
4: Pretty much every character on The L word responded to a certain character with a degree of butch phobia and transphobia.
2: Cameron's talking about Max, who's sort of the token trans character. The other characters alienate him, he's constantly being misgendered, and he gets terrible storylines. It's just really, really disappointing. And finally, at the end of season six, someone kills Jenny. Jenny. And the whole show transforms into this ridiculous lesbian murder mystery. And everyone is a suspect. I'll just say it. It's not a very satisfying ending.
4: You know, I said to you when we were, like, chatting about this, I said to you, like, it's a soap. So you just have to watch it as a soap. And the reason I said that is because, like, it was the first and because it was so important. And, you know, there was a lot, I think, of pressure for it to be, like, reality-based. But... It's a soap opera.
2: It's not like historical (laughs) nonfiction. (laughs) And the show really did matter to a lot of people. Even though it had super dramatic storylines and ludicrous situations, the show also had a lot of heart. You can connect to the characters. Like for my friend Cassie from A-Camp, it was Jenny. Way back on the first season of the show, Jenny was struggling with her feelings for a woman. And Cassie really related to that. So I asked her to call into my interview with Mia Kirshner,
3: I actually really love Jenny as a character. You are one of the few. <laughs> that's so true. It's okay. I'm aware. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I think it's funny. No, I'm proudly team Jenny. Thank you. Season one Jenny mirrored my coming out experiences and wow. and made me feel less isolated, wow. almost down to a, a T. Oh, that's incredible. It really was it was confronting to watch as a 16, 17-year-old, you know, to see that mirrored there. And I think that's one of the the best things to have come of the show, that it's telling these real stories that mm-hmm. are connecting people. I think that was, to me, the best part of the show was the discussion about things that, I, when the show started, you know, of course there were communities that were out, but it was the first show of its kind to show relationships among women, and that's so important. I mean, that's that's what art is supposed mm-hmm. to be. It's supposed to make you feel less alone.
2: The show wrapped in 2009 after six seasons of love, loss, cheating, all the sex, and a dead dog. The diehard fans were sad to see it go, but I think they also accepted that it was probably for the best. Since then, queer women on TV shows have mainly been in supporting roles, The Best Friend or The Comic Relief. If people thought the L-Word was the beginning of a new era of queer TV, they were wrong. But, Showtime just announced that it is bringing the L-Word back. It's rebooting the series. So I had to ask Mia, would you want to take part in some sort of
3: flashback Jenny situation? Well, I don't even know if she's dead. What? I don't know if she's dead. I mean, is she dead? Look at what the character is capable of doing. You, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not being provocative. I don't know if she's dead. <laughs> I don't even think you've scratched the surface about what happened. Wow.
1: So, Kath, you've completed your mission. You've watched all of the show. Are you a better queer woman now? How do you feel?
2: I think we can all agree that the L word was important when it was on. What surprised me was how important it is now. I mean, if you think about it, the L Word eventually inspired the creation of the Autostraddle website, which then created A-Camp, which then brought Cassie and me together as friends.
1: So it's like, the lesbian circle of (laughs) life. I
2: don't think that's how the song goes, but sure. (laughs) And with all the good that the show has done, can it really be bad? Well. Also, I am team Jenny, I've decided.
1: I could have guessed that. Of course you are.
2: (laughs) Also, breaking fan news. The creator of the show, Eileen Shaken, recently said that the reboot of The L Word might ignore all of season six, so Jenny might be alive after all.
1: Oh, Lord, we got to do this again.
2: All right. That's our show. We're on all the social media places. Search for Nancy Podcasts, and you'll find us there for sure. Credits. Our producer.
1: Matt Collette.
2: Sound design.
1: Jeremy Bloom. Intern. Caleb Cotting.
2: Editor. Jenny Lawton. Executive producer.
1: Paula Schumann.
2: I'm Kathy Too.
1: I'm Tobin Lowe.
2: And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios.
3: Do you have any particular thoughts on the theme song?
5: That song was not my favorite, damn it. <laughs> damn it. I did not like that song. Oh, I fast forwarded through it the entire time. All right. Let's like <laughs> let's do better.